The Stinking Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinking Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Slareth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans, producer Scott the Huff, back in the building. And I've got to tell you, i got to thank the presenting sponsor of our show, Core Water. They do such a great job. Love Core Water. You can hydrate your huddle, hydrate yourself, hydrate your kids, your family, whatever the case may be, with ultra-purified and balanced electrolytes. It's easy. Electrolytes. It's a funny word. Electrolytes. Electrolytes. Almost like electrolytes, only it's electrolytes. Electric lights. (laughs) That's ELO. Anyhow, it matches your body's natural pH level. pH is where your body performs its best, I know, because I'm yoked. And that's exactly what I take to the gym every time I go. It's my core water. You can find core water at your neighborhood 7-Elevens, the one with the big blue cap and the gigantic suck hole. That's core water. You're going to love this water. Core water, pH balanced water. Learn more at hydratewithcore.com. Love core water. And uh, I love you, Mike. How are you, buddy? ELO. Didn't they sing Love is Like Oxygen? Are you trying to get me? I No, I, I'm, I'm genuinely asking you. Love is Like Oxygen. Wasn't that ELO? No? Uh, I don't no? think that that... We'll have to huff look it now up. Now I was thinking it's Exile, but is Exile like, uh, I want to kiss you all over, <laughs> do, 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 and over again, um... Love is like oh, no, it's from sweet. Sorry. Sweet. Love is like oxygen. Yep. Sweet. Get too much, you get too high. Yeah, that's it's right. not enough and you're gonna die. Boom. That's a great song. Words to live by. I love the I love that seventies garbage. Yes. I love it. Seventies garbage. That's right. I that's do. Right. Just seventy you're right. A lot of it you go back and listen to and you're like, Wow. Yeah. That's awful. But like it's what our parents listen to all right. the time. So we're like, I'm I telling love this you what, song. If you're driving around and like um like you're still the one from Orleans yes. comes on. You're still the one. Yeah, you're. All, I mean, you're singing out loud That's like right. little tears in your oh, eyes. Oh, I know. I remember when I was riding in the back seat of my parents' station wagon, and both my parents were smoking, and I was like begging him to open the window a crack, and I was like a little fish up near the top of the surface, right? <laughs> and, and they're trying like, to get air. They're like, no, it's cold outside. Just suck this smoke down, kid. It'll still, it'll still your wool. Yeah, that's right. And right. still, the one is playing in the background. Right. Oh my goodness, my goodness. All it was right. Good times. Good, good times. times. I'll tell you what was good times. All right. Here we go. As I try to segue. Good times was what we got to watch. Mm. Prime time Sunday night. Prime time Monday night. The cool, composed quarterback play under pressure from Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you just got to you got to make sure as a football fan, don't you, that you you enjoy and savor moments like that. I mean, that was just perfect. It 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 really was unbelievable. And as much, you know, it's funny. As much as I want to come down on the NFL on certain things. 
You know, and Tom Brady came out and said, man, it's not hard to play quarterback in this league anymore. I mean, it's glorified college football. Like, that's that's what we've become. And, you know, and, it, and I, I know it rubs some people the wrong way or whatever, but, you know, he's not wrong, Mike. He's just not wrong. And it's amazing what those guys were able to accomplish and the showdowns that were those games, 40-43, to 43, the Patriots beat Kansas City. And in a time where, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes looked finally looked vulnerable. Finally, he threw a couple picks early. They've got this, you know, they've, they've got this almost, you know, this kind of insurmountable lead, if you will. It's the New England Patriots. And to have that kind of shootout that went down um, in New England. And, and, you know, everybody's going, hey, man, the changing of the guard. Like, I had this conversation today with Nick Wright, and I'm out here, you know, in New York doing Fox, and the conversation goes, if you just scrap-piled every team and said, hey, it's open draft, all the players go into a pot, and we redraft the whole league, would Patrick Mahomes, based on his age and based on the skill set that we've seen at this point, would he be the first overall pick? Yes. Like, yes. That's, that's crazy, right, when you think about it? Like, are you going to take Aaron Rodgers or are you going to take Patrick Mahomes to build your football team right now? I mean, let's scrap pile the salaries and everything like that because you'd be like, well, Patrick Mahomes isn't making any money, Aaron Rodgers. Like, like scrap all that everything. Just on pure potential, longevity, all those things that you see right now, would Patrick Mahomes be your first overall pick? Of course. You're, if you're a Chiefs fan, you are not out of bounds to be sitting back content this morning knowing that you got your guy for the next 15 years. Think about that. Wow. And you want to know why teams keep reaching for quarterbacks, even though when their gut tells them that they're probably not going to be that kind of quarterback, they still go for it anyway? Right. Because if you are lucky enough to find the unicorn, you got a decade and a half that you're set up for. A yes. decade and a half. Right. The way the game is played today, the way the rules are to protect these guys. Maybe two decades. Yeah. I mean, look, like what's Drew Brees in year 18 just set all the records. You know, he's just got one record left. That's the touchdown record to get over Peyton Manning. I think Peyton's at like 539 and Brees is somewhere at, is he 499? or I think he's 499 because they're on a bye week this week. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's literally, it's incredible. And you're right. You got 15 to 20 years of of Patrick. If he can maintain this, if this is not a fluke. Now, now remember, Dak Prescott. Right. You know, Dak Prescott came out as a rookie, and he was, you know, the Messiah. Yeah, but he didn't do anything close to this. No, but he was really damn good. And then it's been two years of, we picked the wrong guy. Dak Prescott can't play. Get rid of Dak Prescott, you know. And you know, then he comes out and, and, and has an exceptional game. And, you know, and, and people are back on. I don't know if people are back on the bandwagon or people are like, well, that's smart coaching and look what they did. They changed the style of offense. You, know, you, you think people are on the Dak Prescott bandwagon or more on the, hey, Scott Linehan finally did something to, to – you know, take the pressure off Dak Prescott. Yeah, where the hell did that come from? Seriously. I mean, there have been a few results so far this NFL season that have caught us all off guard. Hello, Buffalo and Minnesota. But where the where the heck did the Cowboys destroying Jacksonville right. and putting 40 up in the process? Where, where does that rank? 
You know, I, you know what's interesting? I, I think that you have to look at that game plan. So Dak Prescott carried the ball 11 times. I think probably seven of them were designed runs. Um, they had Zeke Elliott carry it 24 times. And they, I think they only threw it like 26, 27 times if, if memory serves. So, like, that's a, that's a complete and total change or, or you know, a, a different form of offense that they ran. And, you know, it goes back to it's, – it's interesting. So, I was over at Mike Shanahan's house last week studying film. And one of the films we were studying was his time with the Skins – and RG3, and one of the plays they they ran exclusive was a two it was a two route it was it was like two receiver route, and they call it X drift, and you're really just reading that X receiver who's on a you know an in breaking route at about 12 yards, and it's off the play action the zone read play action. And you're just throwing it to a hole, and it's essentially, you, you in, in, in any cover three type of scenario, you, you can't cover it. I mean, it's uncoverable if you're getting that coverage. You're, you know, you're going to have a completion. And Mike was telling me that on just the X-Drift concept in the RG3 uh, Rookie of the Year you know, season, they had a thousand yards receiving on X drift. Now I don't know what the total yards were for RG three. I think probably around thirty two hundred thousand of it came off of one play with a one receiver concept. Thousand yards on the season, and and what they were able to do with the running style and the running game that they created, they were able to to create 12 for 12. You walk into the game and you know just on that concept and a a tight end hook concept off the same kind of play action, you're going into the game with your quarterback's going to be 12 for 12. So now if we're only throwing it 24 times on average, he's just got to complete 50% of the other passes, right? And, And now all of a sudden you are... 18 of 24, 200 and however many yards and a touchdown. Like, how good is that, Mike? It's simplified, but is it sustainable? Like, you know, RG3's barely hanging on in the league, and Mike Shanahan isn't in Washington anymore. Right. So, I mean, you can you can do it for a little while, and I guess what you're saying is, you know, the Cowboys kind of got back to basics, but how long can you do that in this league? Yeah, well, you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to get better in stack concepts, um, you know, and, and continue to grow. But the it, the point is, is they basically took the off and said, okay, and this is smart coaching. What can we do? What can we, you know, do well? And and how can we support our quarterback with a depleted receiving core? And how can we get these guys wide open looks? I, I think that's smart. Do I think it's sustainable long term? Um, you know, probably not. And, you know, Russell Wilson started that way, and he's gotten away from it uh, up until a, 
about a week ago I called a Seattle game. You know, in the first, what was it five weeks of the season? First five weeks of the season, yeah. No, four weeks of the season. He had one design. He had one run that wasn't a scramble off of a protection breakdown. That was it. Just one. But the threat of run, they've run the ball exceptionally well here in the last few weeks because they run a lot of zone read principle stuff that has the threat of Russell Wilson attacking the edge so you don't get the constriction from the backside, you know, the defensive end, the backside safety. They get nervous about Russell Wilson gutting them for 12 around the end so they don't squeeze and there's cutback lanes for the running back. And so, you know, the threat is there. And as you evolve, if you continue to evolve into that and you get better in your passing game, I think there's an opportunity there to survive in that style of offense as long as you're growing in that style of offense. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the problem is you can't have the quarterback, you know, you can't have the quarterback running it, you know, 12 times every game and say, hey, we're going to, now we're running quarterback, you know, counter. Um, you know, we're going to run a quarterback lead ISO, and, and you're just, you know, you're just following the fullback. I, I don't think you can do that, but I think in, sh- in the short term, to get your offense on track, I, I think it, I think it can be done, Mike. So, so what's the biggest takeaway from that game? Is it, hey, wow, okay, look at look at the Cowboys. They got they got new life, and maybe we got to look at them differently. Or the way I look at it is, what the heck is wrong with Jacksonville? Right. You know, that's that's three losses for them. They they've got blown out a couple times, and you know, it's one thing if Blake Bortles sucks. I mean, we've seen that before. Right. But to see this defense shredded like they've been shredded of late. That's what's amazing. I mean, Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley is lighting this defense up. Where's Jalen Ramsey, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's one of the big takeaways right there. Hey, Jalen Ramsey, I don't know, drop a set of nuts. How about that? How about, oh, you can go on GQ in the offseason and talk about how great you are and talk about every other player in the league sucks. That guy's overrated. That guy's no good. Gronk's overrated. This is overrated. Oh, but then you guys get 40 dumped on you and you and you get your third loss and you can't you can't man up in the locker room. All of a sudden your nuts shriveled up. And we can't find them. <laughs> you can't say anything. Candy ass, right? You're going to be a man. You're going to call everybody out. At some point don't you have to face the music, Mike? You'd think so. And not just be, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Maybe. You know, just, just. Yeah. You know, you're right. Grow. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to talk crap all week, when it doesn't go well, you got to be able to stand up there and say, all right, you know, here's where, here's what went wrong. But nope. Yeah, you're right. It looks like a tool. Total toolbox. Total. Hey, I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm just saying, dude, if you're going to talk all that smack, drop a set. When you get when you get beat down, you got to show up, man. You got to own it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened, dude. You just I don't I, I don't. It just didn't really set well. No, with I me. get it. I get it. But but there were a lot of games this week in which. What was the storyline? Like, okay, 
we're going on and on and on about Aaron Rodgers and how brilliant he was right. in that final drive. But does that sort of cover up the real story is what's wrong with the Packers that they have to fall back on those heroics just to get past a Jimmy G less 49er team? Yeah, you know what? What's the bigger What's the bigger story? Right. I think you know. I think the bigger story, Mike, personally, is like I've come to expect greatness from Aaron Rodgers. I've seen fourth quarter comebacks. I've seen you know hail mary passes for the win. I've seen Aaron Rodgers. I've seen this show before. I've seen the magic trick, right? Like, I, you know, when you go to a show, you know the grand finale is coming. You're on the edge of your seat waiting for the grand finale. And I've seen the grand finale from Aaron Rodgers on multiple occasions. So I'm just like, okay, here it comes, here it comes. You get to expect it. The bottom line is this. In the offseason, they fired not one, not two, not three. I sound like LeBron. Not four. They fired five coaches on that staff, including the offensive coordinator, and they fired the uh, quarterbacks coach, which Aaron Rodgers was not happy about. Alex Van Pelt, and it took him a I don't know a handful of days before he was employed with Cincinnati. So, I mean, they made those moves. They did it, and yet here, and they also, by the way, dumped their their uh, general manager. So they made a bunch of moves on the coaching staff and everything else. And you had a San Francisco 49er team that just lost to the Cardinals, who got beat by the Cardinals. By the way, the Cardinals threw one 75-yard touchdown pass and then had 35 total yards of offense in the second half. 35 yards, Mike, in the second half. After the 75-yard touchdown pass, I think they had – I think they had 55 total yards of offense after the very first throw of the game. They're not a good team. At home, you let C.J. Beathard and, you know, I mean, I think they have 15 guys on IR in San Francisco, like you said, including Jimmy G. And I think Kyle Shanahan's a hell of a football coach. But, man, you are depleted. Your roster is depleted. And it took you the last minute, 90 yard, you know, or 80 yard drive for a field goal in the last minute. And I'm looking at like defensive breakdowns. Like, one, why are you letting why are you letting receivers get outside releases so they can work the they can work the sideline with a minute left and no timeouts and let Aaron Rodgers be magical? I don't know. I looked at it more like Mike, I looked at it more like Dude, this team is this team is in trouble. And I think part of the, I think part of the deal, Mike, and I think I think you saw it with Indianapolis. You know, I used to say this about Indy all the time back in the Peyton Manning days. I'd be like, "Listen, here's the deal. That's an 8 and 8 team with, you know, a quarterback that gets him to 12 and 4." And that's their talent level. And Indy people would be I mean, I was public enemy number 1. I couldn't go to Indy. People wanted to kill me in Indy. And then they lost Peyton Manning, and they went 2-14. and 14. I was like, wow, I way overestimated the amount of talent they had on their roster. They're not even close to well, an 8-18. Even when they had Peyton, they would lose those games in the playoffs. They had everybody you know, bashing on Manning and his playoff failures. And what they didn't realize was, folks, this is an 8-8 eight and eight football team. And 
the greatness of Manning can only take you so far. You get in the playoffs, you start playing better teams. Eventually, that 8-8 football team is going to be exposed. And they would, repeatedly. Right. There was only so much he could do. And you might you might be looking at the same thing here with Rodgers and the Packers. Should they get in the playoffs? By the way, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. I get blasted a lot because I'm unfairly uh, targeted with this this uh, this perception that I, I don't think coaching matters. Mm-hmm. Coaching matters. Absolutely. Coaching matters. Players matter more. That That's my mantra. Coaching right. matters. Players matter more. And I submit one Kyle Shanahan, who was a very hot commodity coming out of Atlanta. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's 6-2. and two. Without Jimmy Garoppolo, he's 1-12. You know what's interesting about that? Mic drop. Yeah, the mic did drop. What's interesting about that is I, I called the Rams-Broncos game last weekend, and I met with Wade Phillips and Sean McVay and, you know, and talked to several of the coaches on the sideline. You know what, what everybody said first and foremost? We've got great players. Yeah, we've got, got really like, good players. You know, we we try to put them in the best position as possible, and it's there's an open – lane or open you know kind of uh open policy as far as ideas and 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 you know hey sean mcveigh is like if if you've got an idea that you think we could run it better a certain way by all means tell me i'm in like i want to get better now he goes give me the whys like like one thing that they do a great job of from a coaching standpoint why coaching matters so much is they want every player to know the intent on every play this is the intent of the play, and this is why we call this play. And here's the intent of the adjunct play that stacks upon this play. And everybody has to know it. Everybody understands it. So there's never a play that's called that's like a throwaway play. You know how in, in baseball they have, and it always drove me crazy, you know, you get up 0-2 on a guy and let's, and let's throw a waste pitch or a throwaway pitch. And the, the pitcher's, you know, eight miles out of the strike zone, and you're like, dude, why would you – well, it's a throwaway. Yeah, I get it, but can't you at least make it close? At least change the guy's eyes and make, make him look at it? Don't bounce it at 56 feet 6 inches, you know, or don't throw it over the catcher's head. You know, a waste pitch, let's at least get it close to somewhere so at least he's got to look at it, you know, a high fastball or whatever. But the the bottom line is, you know, I, I look at I look at these scenarios, man. You gotta have you have to have great great players. That's your responsibility as a coach to put them in the right positions. But you can put you can put bad players in the right position, and you know what you got? You got bad players that are getting beat, regardless of how right the position is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. All every great coach I've ever asked or ever talked to always says the the thing is, hey, listen, really, it's more about the players. It's about the players. They all say that. All right, there you go, Mark. See, I'm glad you agree with me. Bill Belichick is nothing without Tom Brady. I. That's what you said. No, I. That's what you're. Although acknowledging. Although wait now, see, you got me between a rock and a hard place because. How many times have I professed my love for Brady? Not not between a rock and a hard place. I got you caught between those dimples on his chin.
oh. the walls of that dimple on his chin. I uh, I love Tom Brady. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Mike. I am not going to lie. Anyhow, with that, um, I want to thank everybody involved with the Stinking Truth Podcast. Mike, thank you, buddy. That was fun. Scott the Hub, thank you. Our presenting sponsor, Core Water. Look, look, look. I love you guys. You're awesome. And um, we'll be back with you later on in the week to to make some game picks, to chat it up a little bit, and to see where we are on the moneymaker picks. I think I devastated you last week, Mike. <laughs> Oh, we shall see. Shall I think we? I crushed you. Anyhow, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, thanks so much for listening. Tell a friend, and uh, we'll talk to you later.